yeah, and Ryan turned me on to like bikepacking. Like I, I was like the opposite of bikepacking, you know. I was, you know, bike racer. It was all about numbers and all that. And I like bikepacking is the exact opposite. And just yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, I daydream about bikepacking. Cycling was the, the most obvious kind of thing to land on, but we didn't want to just limit it to that. Like if we had an opportunity to talk to somebody who was doing really cool things in the running community or adventure racing or something like that. We didn't want to preclude those conversations. So I would say that it's very much about cycling, outdoor adventures, endurance sports, um, and then just sort of life in general. That's Adventure Audio podcast hosts Tyler Hamilton and Peter Hockenhall. And this is the Bike Pack Canada podcast. Hello again, friends, my tribe. Welcome back to the Bike Pack Canada podcast. I'm your host, Steve O'Shaughnessy. Well, happy 2020, everyone. Um, it's the start of another new year, another new decade. Um, super pumped for the next couple of years. Lots of plans ahead for Bike Pack Canada, and uh, we can't wait to share that with you. Um, we want to keep this thing going and growing, and you guys are helping. Uh, I want to thank everyone who went over to Apple Podcasts and gave us a five-star review and uh and uh sorry a five-star rating and some a uh, couple reviews um it, it makes me feel great that um the content that we're putting out here is resonating with the riders and uh, i can't wait to bring you more conversations throughout 2020 if you'd like to support bike pack canada the best way to do that at this point is to head on over to apple podcasts give us a five-star rating and if you'd like put a review in there uh with the five-star ratings um it gives us more exposure uh, online and it'll expose bike pack Canada to more riders and more listeners. And that's what we want to keep growing, to carry on Ryan Corey's legacy. So if you could do that, that would be great. And if you have any, uh, feedback, guest suggestions or voice intros you'd like to send in, you can send those to bike pack Canada podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I miss hearing from you guys. I used to get uh, more voice intros, but, uh, they've kind of tapered off and I miss you. Send me some love. Send me a voice intro. I'd love to hear from you. So I'm not going to pontificate at all today. I'm going to try not to. Um, I want to get right to the podcast. The reason I don't want to pontificate is I think in this podcast, I talked a little bit too much. Uh, I don't know what it was. Uh, I think I was super pumped to talk to, uh, to talk to these guys. And uh, also those of you who know uh, a little bit about Tyler Hamilton's background as a professional cyclist, I was, I was pretty honored to talk to this guy. It's, it's pretty amazing where our lives take us. And um, you know, years ago watching the Tour de France on on television and and following um and following Lance Armstrong and his team including Tyler Hamilton to a bunch of wins was was pretty awesome and uh and I never thought that my path would cross his and uh so I'm pretty honored to be talking to him um so yeah if I talk too much in this podcast I apologize it, it, it when we first started the discussion I had asked at the beginning, it's like, I'm not sure, is, is this, is this, a, am I going to be on your podcast or am, are you going to be on mine? And, and it, it, it kind of, as the conversation progressed, it seemed like they were asking me more questions than I was asking them. So, you know what, I'm going to have to go back and uh, have another discussion with these two. Um, 
and uh, delve a bit deeper into kind of what they're all about. So uh, I hope you enjoy this conversation. Uh, super fun. And what a great way to start 2020 uh, is to talk to uh, a couple other podcast producers. And, uh, you know, it's a good vibe. And uh, they're just like-minded people. And I, and I really enjoyed my discussion with them. So happy 2020. Here's the first podcast of, the, of this new decade. And I really hope you enjoy it. And now I bring you Adventure Audio Podcast hosts, Tyler Hamilton and Peter Hockenhall. Is everybody there? Sorry, Steve. I was just yeah. Oh, hey, Tyler. Okay. Hey, Steve. How are you? Hey, really good, man. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for having us on your podcast. Well, yeah, I wasn't even sure. Like, like, am I on yours or are you on mine? Oh, I don't, I don't know. know. You know what I was thinking earlier today, Steve? What's we that? Should, we should do this, and then we should have you on ours. Yeah, sure. We're, I like that. I like yeah, that. We could I do like that. You, you're doing some pretty cool stuff, and we'd like to we'd like to pick your brain about it. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, um, it's been super fun, actually. Really, really fun to do and talk to people like awesome. you, you guys, and yeah, and it's great. Congratulations on starting it up. Thank you. Yeah. At some point, we yeah, have we're, to, we're excited. We're excited. Yeah, yeah you've yeah. got to leap at some point, right? Well, yeah, and it's really and not. Steve, you're doing a you're doing a great job. I've heard a bunch of your podcasts. Oh, thanks, man. It awesome. means a lot. Yeah, awesome. thanks for. Uh, you have you're, Yeah, you're natural. Oh, thanks. You having fun? Oh yeah, like what I wanted to do is basically just um, have conversations with people and and like not really have yeah. a not really have a framework um, right away. Like just kind of talk and and just get to know people and yeah, and just find out what their stories are and. Everyone has a story, right? And of course, uh, of course. And it's it's pretty. Uh, I don't know. It's everyone should have a podcast. I think it's pretty easy-ish. I mean, you can. I I put a lot of production time in mine. Like I like to, like I like the music in there, and and um, just more more of a produced thing. I think more. So it's a bit more entertaining. Um, but I know some people just kind of like come in and, and start talking and that's cool. I listen to a lot. They're just, like Sam Harris. He's just like, hello, I'm Sam Harris. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Right. 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 Yeah. It's a good creative and, outlet. Um, and too. how long have you been doing it? Exactly. Uh, the first one I put out was uh, bikes and feelings with Katrina Rosen. And that was uh, okay, great. Yeah. January 28th last year. So it's almost been a year now. So it's uh I think I've done 16. Good for you. Yeah, 16. I was trying to pump them out every two weeks. Um, I have a family. Good for you. So, yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. I, okay. I, yeah. I heard on one of the podcasts, I heard uh, you have a young family, it sounds like. I do. And they often interrupt if I do. Uh, if I'm doing like. A, <laughs> and it sounds like you've done a few epic uh, bike pack races. Oh, just a handful. I think three. I think I th- heard three. A yeah, handful? I did. Okay. Uh, I did. Awesome. Um, what did I do? Uh, it's all kind of a blur, actually. I, I scratched on the first Alberta Rockies that was in 2017. And then, uh, okay. I did the BC Epic last year and I finished that. It was, it was how, how, awesome. How far is that? That's a thousand. It ended up being, um, a thousand sixty. And, uh, I did wow. it in, um, f- uh, four days and four hours, which was, um, Jeez. I had a goal of like five days. Like I just kind of wanted to go cash. So you, get after, you get after it. Well, I mean, guys are finishing it in two days. Great, that's great. <laughs> right. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan would be proud. 
Yeah, I just uh, for sure. It's a good place to be. I like it when you're just kind of by yourself and you're just pounding it out, and there's no one around you, and you can kind of go as long or as right. you can have as long of a day as you want, or as short as a short day. And I really like yep. riding through the night. Yep, I think that sure. that holds a lot of people back. Um, the darkness, yep, yep. which is kind of scary, but whatever. Yeah, it is. It is when yep. you first get going, but once you keep riding and riding, it sort of becomes the new normal, and you kind of get used to it, but. I haven't done it. I've done a quite a bit of night riding, but not like deep in the woods. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, those like sounds and stuff when you're like, what the fuck is that? You know, it, gets, <laughs> yeah. it gets kind of, it gets kind of intense. Yeah. The other one yeah. I did was the, the, the lost uh, elephant, which is a uh, one that co- goes through the Columbia Valley here. And that was like oh, wow. about 550 K and, and about the same amount of ascent as the, the so the BC epics, a thousand with, um, 1100 meters and this of climbing, and this is 550 with 1100 meters of climbing. So it's super punchy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's super punchy. Yeah. And, okay. uh, I was okay. riding through the night and, you know, I run, I run a Princeton tech, um, apex headlamp as my headlight. Um, you know, cause it just has four, four, four double a batteries. It's, you know, it's just easy. And, I don't know. I run it on maybe 200 lumen, like not very bright because you're not really ripping through the woods. No. And and to me, you're not ripping through the woods at night. I I never really outrun my light, but, um, I was kind of my head down and I looked up and I just saw these two massive green eyes and there was like 10 feet away from me. And I was listening to an audio book or something and I was just in another world. And, um, scared the shit out of me <laughs> it was like instant goosebumps like goosebumps instantly and i was like hey get out of here what are you doing and it was a deer or an elk i don't know it took off thankfully okay okay, okay. <laughs> wow how old are your kids Steve? uh four and six yeah my uh okay. my little girl's four and my boy's six just kind of getting okay. started so yeah busy yeah, yeah yeah what about you my gotcha. mine are 12 10 and six. Twelve. oh you have three kids I do. Yeah. That's what everybody says to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's bananas. But you know what? They Everybody says that it's easier or not easier, but it's, it's like, you know, now you've got a tribe to kind of take care of the young one and you kind you of do. And you know what the thing is, it's like the difference between two and three is like, it's imperceptible, honestly. Like, cause when you have two, there's always something to do for other people, right? Like yeah. get up in your day just as both them. Yeah. And that's true whether you have two or three. So totally. it's kind of, whatever <laughs> you know. yeah and you don't uh, do you have kids tyler i don't have kids i don't have kids my girlfriend is two and uh so yeah we we have them part-time and yeah they're a lot of fun seven and five and yeah. uh yeah they right keep they yeah yep 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 that's awesome so, uh, and a puppy and a puppy, and a puppy. So, the kids have been asking for a yeah. pet and i'm like no man i have two kids i have two pets i don't need to take care of yeah. are you gonna clean up its crap because i don't want to clean up its crap <laughs> tyler tyler and i have talked about exactly that because i'm super envious of his dog and i grew up with dogs and his, his new puppy sailor is a golden retriever and she's just gorgeous and my kids are just all over me for a dog and i'm like i need you guys to be a little more useful first just a little bit you know <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it's a lot yeah. of work it's a lot of work man and it's, it's i'm surprised i can even stay kind of fit enough to to do some of these rides really like i can only get out a couple nights a week you know but uh totally. yeah it's just the way it is right now you know see when, when they become yeah, good for you so you get so you get out you get out on, on uh in the dark Sounds yeah like, well now this time of year yeah so you know yeah. work work all day and then um 
yeah, put the lights on. And I went for, uh, put the fat tires on. We don't really need fat, fat tires right now. It's kind of still crispy and dirty, yeah. but uh, I put the fat tires on, went for a rip last night and it was fun. Yeah. Nice. Nice being alone. Nice. So, um, tell me about yourself. You. <laughs> Cause we've, I've never really, ch- I haven't chatted to either of you guys. So, um, uh, Peter, why don't you tell me about yourself? Like, yeah, for sure. So, um, I mean, Tyler and I have super different backgrounds and it's kind of, you know, interesting how we became good friends, but, um, I'm born and raised in Calgary, Alberta and have been really, I mean, I was a really enthusiastic cyclist as a kid, um, and into BMX and, you know, building jumps with my friends and all that kind of stuff. And, and like a lot of kids in North America, I mean, it just represented a, certain degree of freedom to me but as I got older and into my teens that kind of went away a little bit as I was playing other sports and stuff like that and discovering you know beer and friends and girls and all that kind of thing and got away from it a little bit and then when I started working and I realized I was like holy I got a you know I suddenly I've stopped playing high school sports and I've got a little bit of a spare tire here <laughs> what's going on <laughs> yeah. and um my my brother my brother had become a really avid mountain biker and I, I bought a mountain bike just to kind of try and, you know, just get back into some sort of shape and uh, just loved it. And then a lot of my friends got into the sport too. And we all really got really passionate about mountain biking. And then I became a pretty avid runner as well, because I found myself in a cycle of being fit in the summer and then kind of getting out of shape in the winter. Cause I wasn't riding fat bike. So, well, I gotta do something. So yeah, but this is way pre fat bike, right? Well, okay. Like, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> this is like 20 years ago. So, oh, right. um, you know, I started, I started to run too, and I just got more into that and, and like a little bit into the amateur racing scene and stuff like that. And then, a number of years ago, as I got more and more into cycling as a little bit of like a hobby business, uh, my, my cousin slash business partner and I, who's, who Tyler knows pretty well too, his name's Sasha, and he and I started the Calgary and Edmonton bike shows. Okay. A number of years back. Um, and it was just a way to keep, keep into that community and involved in it. And we'd done, we'd run some bike races and stuff like that too. Um, and that's, that's kind of my background. So I mean, very, very much an amateur, but a very, very enthusiastic and passionate, uh, road cyclist, gravel cyclist, mountain biker, and, uh, and a fat biker too. I have a fat bike and, and I still run, I still run quite a bit. Um, mostly just cause there's a huge, as you know, as a parent, there's just a huge economy of time to it. Yeah. Like I can go and smash out a quick workout in it. I feel like the, like that work translates really well to cycling and it's just good overall so i and and i love that i I actually really love that community too especially the trail running community very much like very much like cyclists and mountain bikers and backpack bike packers like they're those types of people you know and um that's that's kind of my background so very different than tyler uh we he and i have talked about like how different our 20s would look you know (laughs) so different like so different like i mean tyler didn't have a didn't have a youth until he retired right so uh, super different, yeah, right. but he and I met, I guess, five years ago and kind of headed off and stayed in touch and have done, done a few little projects here and there. And then we had an idea for a podcast. That's cool. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to, um, try to hide the fact that I'm super pumped that I'm talking to Tyler Hamilton. <laughs> like, you know, I just, That's awesome. yeah, I used to, I used to follow the tour, uh, and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's pretty crazy that our paths have crossed and, uh, 
I'm sure a lot of people know your story. So you can, you can introduce yourself and tell people what you're about and do it. Yeah. I have a little bit of a different story than Pete. Um, yeah, I grew up, let's see, on the East coast in Massachusetts. Um, my big sport growing up was uh, downhill ski racing, something I really loved doing. My, my parents would drive up every like Friday afternoon after school, my brother and sister and I, and yeah, the weekend was all about ski racing for me growing up. And then, uh, went away to college at the university of Colorado, uh, my sophomore year, let's see, training with dry land training with the ski team. We, uh, I, uh, had an accident, broke my back. Ouch. And then, uh, when I got out of bed, they said I could ride a road bike. Yeah. And, then, um, you know, little did I know Boulder, Colorado was like a huge cycling town, you know, just uh i quickly learned that i was pretty good at it and yeah career took off and you know um all of a sudden my my new sport was cycling and yeah before i knew it i was in the start line in the tour de france and you know that's crazy that eight times and yeah you know and then you know got caught up in all the doping and all that and you know denied it for a while eventually came clean yeah wrote a book about it all and, yeah of course yeah talk talk about it pretty openly now and, okay yeah i mean I, uh, I wasn't sure if you wanted to, yeah, to yeah. wanted to even go there oh yeah no happy to we can talk about it oh yeah i mean you want or i remember a That's friend a part of part of, sorry it's part of cycling yeah. right back then and you know it, it seems yeah to it's, me, I mean, it's part of my history part of my history yeah and i remember yeah. talking to someone who said they had they had known someone who, who rode road bikes and they they went to Europe to to train, and the guy was like, "I cannot, I, I can't hang on to the back of these groups." And then some this guy was like, "Oh, what's your protocol?" And it's like, "What do you mean? What do you mean?" It's like, "Well, what's your protocol? You have to be doing something if you're gonna compete." So it just seems to me that it's like everyone's doing it. Seems to me, there you know uh, at the highest level. What I can say is at the highest level, you know. That Tour de France level, you know, um, yeah, it was in the late nineties. It was rampant, rampant, right. yeah. you know. So, and yeah, you know, not to say that what I did was right. That's you know, it was, you know, I just joined the pack, but of course, you know, I always yeah. knew it was wrong. You know, you just you're young and wide eyed, and you know they're dangling the Tour de France in front of you. Yeah. It's hard and to, and the pressure. You know, you're a million miles away from home. Yeah, and the, you know the pressure. Yeah. yeah, but you know, I always knew it was wrong. I was news wrong, but you know, you know, you make, you start making shortcuts, you know, you, people do it all the time. It's just in, in life, you know, they take a little shortcut and, you know, turns into a bigger shortcut. Next thing you know, you're, in a, you know, in a, just a, a weird world, you know, and that's kind of what happened to me. Yeah. But yeah, it was a wild ride, certainly a wild ride. And, you know, and so when you, when you certainly started some hard, certainly some hard years, certainly some hard years, but, yeah. um, but you know, grateful that grateful to have come out the other side and, you know, lot, certainly tons of forgiveness, which I really appreciate and, you know, and understanding too, you know, it was a, it was a sh- you know, shitty world, shitty world to, to be in, but yeah. that was the world, you know, if you're going to, you know, if you're aspiring to try to win the Tour de France, you know, you got to, that, that was what you had to do. Yeah, I don't think anyone. So, I think to be honest about it and just to come out about it is, I think that's it shows so much courage. 
you know, especially you're going oh, to well. sacrifice so much by coming out. Right. And, and you, I'm sure you did. So it changes your oh, life. Yeah. It's a whole new life path for you now. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, it's not, I'm not, I'm not everybody's favorite person in the world. That's for sure. You know, but I can't look in the mirror, you know, and see, you know, my true self. Like I just think about it from, I've always thought about it from a couple of like different perspectives. And I guess the first one is, and it's, I mean, it's easier for me to say because we're friends, but there's been, I feel like there's been various levels of, of like contrition and, acknowledgement of that era and some people have been like yeah it happened and then they just kind of move on to the next topic and then there's people who take it in a really head-on direction and say like ask me anything and i'm an open book which you've done and i think that that's really respectful to the people that were fans of that era because like steve like i that's why that's why i bought a road bike right it was like the postal service team and stuff i was a mountain biker and then it was like a North American was winning the Tour of France and it was like, I mean, everybody's here, everybody here, like our minds were blown and we were all really, we, we all got really into that world. And there's people from your era who are acknowledge it, but, but don't want to talk about it. And that doesn't really necessarily give a lot back to the fans that supported those teams and those athletes and it also doesn't set much of an example i don't think for future generations which i think that you try really hard to do so uh, you know i respect that that part of it quite a bit um and the other thing that i think about is like it's very easy at like i'm 40 years old now it's very easy to, to think that i wouldn't do that but if i put myself in my 22 or 23 year old shoes I think a lot of people would do exactly what you guys did. I would. So it's tricky. Yeah. I, I would to be on a to be on a kick ass team tricky, of cyclists. Uh, yeah, it yeah. is tricky, and um, but it's tricky. But yeah, I mean, you're young, and you've got the pressure, and you've got the 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 gains like in your career. Like it's a huge carrot. It's a massive carrot, right? Yeah, it was yeah. a big carrot, a big carrot. But you know, I still knew it was wrong. You know. Yeah. Like I, I lived in. It was wrong. I lived in. It was a, you know, it was a, a, a bad system to be placed in as a, you know, as a, still as a kid kind of thing. But yeah. you know, still should have done the right thing for yeah. sure, for sure. I mean, it's easy to look back and say, yeah, well. But you know, I wish I had been strong enough then. You know, it's but it's hard to go against the tide. You know, in a situation like that. You know, for sure. I mean, had I come out and come clean and said no, and then maybe, you know, told the truth about the situation, I don't even know. Who knows? Who knows where that would have gone back then? Or yeah. I don't know. I lived in Whistler, but it was when, a, you know um, it was sorry, needed. Yeah. It needed to come out. You know, the truth needed to come out for sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think the kids racing these days are appreciative that it came out, and you know, the sports a lot, certainly at least a lot cleaner. And I think you see that across many sports, um, performance enhancing, you know, uh, compounds. I mean. I lived in Whistler when oh, yeah. uh, when Ross Rabliati won the gold. Um, what was he in yeah. GS on snowboard, right? And that was just that blew up. And you know, people are people talk about cannabis, and it's like, oh well, you know, it's not performance enhancing and blah blah blah. But dude, it is. It totally is. Like all these compounds can uh, caffeine is performance enhancing, right? So, it, it, I mean, obviously there's lines, right? But it just seems that. Um, 
yeah, sometimes those lines are just so blurry, you know, like who was the Olympic rower that got, cause she was taking antihistamines and she got, um, shoot, was she Canadian? Damn it. I can't remember, but I think even a, an Olympic rower got, got the boot for, for having antihistamines in her body. And they are like, I used to, back in when I was a kid, I had a, a asthma, you know, puffer Ventolin. And, uh, I remember finding one after my asthma had kind of abated. I wasn't really getting these attacks anymore. And I, 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 you take a hit of that stuff and that's like, it's like rocket fuel, man. It just, your, your lungs are so open. Like it's just a bronchodilator, right? So as soon as you, you inhale that stuff, it's like, you're a superhero. It's crazy. Right. Right. But it's like, I don't know, like where where do you draw the line? I don't know. I don't think anyone faults you for doing anything like that, but we can change the subject. Oh, it's all right. It's all right. It's <laughs> the way it is. And yeah, it's all good. It's all good. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. So yeah, now it's, yeah, now I don't, I'm not a, no longer a bike racer or anything like that. I, I coach people that race bikes. Now. Uh, yeah. I also work for a financial advisory group in Denver. Yeah. I do a bunch of work for uh, the fight against multiple sclerosis. Oh, nice. Else, yeah, and uh, yeah, but but what I do, I still love uh, biking, but bike packing is where it's at. And I've, I live in Montana, so it's, I'm kind of at a in a good good place for it, and just really enjoying that, doing that. Uh, you know, met Ryan years ago at one of Pete's uh, Pete's bike shows. The first was that in Edmonton, Pete. That was Edmonton, yeah, where, where you would have first met yeah. Ryan. Yeah. So yeah, and Ryan turned me on to like bike packing. Like I I was like the opposite of bike packing. You know, I was, you know, bike racer, all about numbers and all that. And I like bike packing is the exact opposite. And it's just, yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, I daydream about bike packing. <laughs> I hear is, that. You know, sounds, I hear sounds weird, but it's like, no. once, once you get bit by the bug, like, you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. You know? But like my old self would have been like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you, you're going to do what? But like, it's so great, you know? I spent like three weeks down in Argentina and Chile, like going riding through Patagonia. Yeah, amazing. Like one year ago, and like it was like the coolest thing ever, you know. And it's super inexpensive, and you see the world, and it's just wonderful. So I feel super lucky that I got to meet Ryan. Yeah, me meet too. UP. So you know, in yeah. cycling, you yeah. see you see everything at like kind of just the right pace, right? Like it's so oh, much yeah. slower than. So much slower than so many things, but but just just fast enough to be exciting. But you can really like appreciate what's happening. So yeah, it was like I guess it was fall, right, when you were doing that. So Tyler's sending me pictures of from Patagonia and his, and his oh, bike yeah, and, sure, yeah. and like yeah. mountain vistas and stuff. And I'm like, you know, getting my kids to hockey practice and stuff. Like, <laughs> really. Just block. It's pretty glorious. Yeah, pretty block, cool. block Tyler. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's the it's toughest funny. part. Yeah, is like. You like the bike packing thing? Yeah. You know what I think that What's it's. What's that? No, oh, I was going to say, yeah, you're saying you dig the bike packing thing. And it, you say, you know, as, as, as you got a, a little bit older, it seems to appeal to a, an older generation of cyclists a little bit. I mean, because of the pace, I think when I first started, it was yeah. I was always pushing too hard. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I scratched on my first race because I was riding it like a, a short track. I was going out like I was riding single track, yeah. and I was trying to maintain like, you know, twenty k an hour as a as a rookie bike packer. And it's like, oh man, I had the whole yeah. I was doing it the wrong way. 
And as soon as you kind of get yeah. over your ego yeah. and slow it down, because you slow down, yeah. then you can go way further than the people who are trying to yeah. hammer it out. But everybody, it sounds like everybody does that once. I think Ryan did that once. I think he went out way too hard at some Yeah. You know, it's all part of it. Have you... Um, you find it where those boundaries are, you know. So, Peter, do you do you bike pack? I have a confession to make. I've, I've not taken a, a oh. single formal bike packing trip yet. Um, but... Do it. Do it. I know. I know. So, as, as my it. wife and I are looking at our at our summer schedule next year, we're trying to figure some stuff out. But my, my middle kid, Hudson, who is 10, so he'll be 11 next summer, has taken a real big interest in mountain biking and, and is really interested in kind of getting out there. Um, and we're planning on, um, so it, like Steve, if you can point me toward any resources of bike packing with a kid. Oh, there's tons, kid, man. Yeah, he and I are, we're, we're planning, we're planning an, at least a single night overnighter. Yeah. Uh, just he and I were, which could work out really good because he's getting pretty strong. So I could probably carry most of the gear and we could ride at a reasonable pace together. Yeah. Um, and, and we're planning on, on doing something this coming year. So I think, I think that my first official bike pack trip might be, uh, with, with an 11 year old, which would be <laughs> pretty cool. I think it'd be fine. Just, you know, you just set the That's bar kind of kind of low right like how far do you want to go yeah like maybe i don't know 10 or 20k like just keep it really easy and um, you, yeah, yeah you need to talk to sarah like sorry i was gonna say yeah, sarah like, can put you on to a to a yeah, route she'll and, put us on a good route. and katrina rosen she's like, uh, like the high rockies trail would probably be suitable because terrain wise it's not too technical we can carry a decent amount of gear there's a number of spots to camp along the way where he, he you know he's probably if if we give ourselves all day, he's probably good for twenty five or thirty k yeah. one way, you know. And then He'll we can camp something. out and come back, and so planning on that. But I have to, you know, I'm totally, totally smitten with the with the BC Epic in particular. Oh, that's um, a beautiful but route. The, the, yeah. But but the AR seven hundred two looks really really cool, and like it's right in my backyard, right? Like yeah, totally. Uh, but but. But the but the epic is um and and I've actually talked to Tyler about that route or even to just do a portion of it with a couple of buddies and maybe do uh do like a two nighter and three days of of riding because there's so many it's it's a reasonably well populated route as far as bike packing routes are concerned like you you don't maybe need to over gear yourself because you can get to a lot of little outposts in town absolutely so yeah yeah when I that's kind of what I'm on when I raced it it was uh it was super chill it's a really chill route. Cause it's, um, um, you know, a lot of rail grade, right? So right. The, the climbs are long, but they're not, um, they're not punchy at all. Like sometimes you, they're like you three, four percent. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the descents are the same. And I mean, really, uh, uh, Great Creek Pass is probably the biggest, you know, epic climb you do, you know, and that's kind of like a half a day, like maybe a handful of hours to kind of get up and over that to Kimberly. It's a, uh, it was, a, it, and like you said, there's tons of resupply on it. It's a really easy route. Not sorry, not and an what easy path route. Would that, but... be? would that be like from Crawford Bay to Kimberly? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So you go into Gray Creek and then you just kinda Yeah, you just start climbing. Then then the climbing's I walked I walked it really. I walked all of it. And I was passing people on foot. So yeah, it's wow. you know, it's pretty steep. So it's like, you know, I'd rather save my energy and, and you know, on that on that ride my uh I had worn two holes in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> literally yeah i didn't get sores but i wore two holes oh, on my man. ass yeah so so the walk was quite delightful <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> just for a break. Uh, oh, so horrible, how much man. do you sleep? Um, on the Epic, I slept. So uh, it was so four four days, four hours. I slept seven. And then on the... Uh, the whole time? Yeah. And then on the on the Lost Elephant, Oof. I slept three. Uh, no, that's not right. Um, two, five. I slept five on the Lost Elephant. And... Uh, Holy cow. Yeah, it's... And there's there's debate about that, right? We all know how important sleep yeah. is. Super important. Yeah, yeah. So it's... I don't think, you know, if... I don't think I'm at the fitness level where I could do the tour divide in that way, for instance. You know? Like, there'd be no way... Sure, like three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. There'd be no way I could sustain I that. Your podcast on that guy, that French guy from Paris. Oh, I yeah, uh, Sofiane. Yeah, I talked to him. Great interview. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah, that was a great interview. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, he didn't sleep like he didn't for sleep sixty-four hours. He didn't sleep for sixty-four <laughs> hours. He said. That's wow. That's extreme. And uh, That's yeah, good, good for him. And he got caught <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, it's just yeah, uh, wow. That, yeah. that was a inter- interesting podcast. Oh, thanks. Super interesting. Yeah, and it was a hot time yeah. on the on the tour divide too, right? Like there was just so much. Uh, I don't know if yeah, it was what a wild one. year. Yeah, it was just there's so much yeah. negativity that year, like last year, and it. What, why? Why? Um, yeah, I don't know. It seemed like there was a bit of trolling going on. I think there were, you know, just internet trolling. Like, cause a lot of the people I read comments mm-hmm. from were like, they don't, they don't even seem like they're part of the sport. And then people who are part of the community wouldn't really say things, things like that. You know, like, why would you say that? Why would you say, oh, these guys, you know, like Sofian got into the Alpine, he turned around because admittedly he admitted it himself that, well, I wasn't really very well prepared. And so he's in a snowstorm in the middle of the night and he kind of loses direction and he bailed which, you know, you got to live. You want to live to ride another day. And he didn't feel safe. So he bailed and everyone's yeah. like, oh, I guess you're not serious about racing then. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't know. So they're just... Yeah. I and, mean, and, and, he, he had no experience in winter. Like, he was very, you know, no, transparent there. He was like, I had no experience in winter. Yeah, he was a city boy, right? Like that. Yeah. City boy. So, you know, he went for it, whatever. And like, you know. But all things, all things being totally, yeah. And all things being equal, if the weather had been fine at the at the pace he was yeah. maintaining, he would have destroyed it if he could maintain that pace. Really, like, it was I mean, maybe crazy. that's part of the. I mean, that's part of the kind of gamble, right? You know what I mean? Like the weather, yeah, absolutely. It's going to get more. I mean, that race will get more and more competitive. Like that, people will take those kind of, like, you know. Risk? Well, risk, yeah, it's yeah. all risk risk evaluation, right? Like it's just lack of sleep, lack of sleep. Like you, people are pushing the envelope, right? Oh, for sure, that. yeah. And and that's the same in uh, in in ultra running as well, right? Like people are running these yeah. two hundred milers, and I'm just like, I can't even get my head. People can't get their <laughs> the biggest ride I've ever done personally is like two hundred eighty five k in a day, and people can't like I people can't get their head around that, and it's like I can't get my head around people like running or whatever for 200 miles and they don't like I, I just hate running so that's why i can't you know but uh these people i'm a are, jogger I'm yeah real slow running a shuffler <laughs> you know scuffle around the trail yeah right yeah but uh, i can't get my head around that like that's the ultra running scene is pretty crazy it's a cool group of people, yeah, though, it man. Those, is. those yeah. people like to find out some crazy shit about themselves right they're willing to go there 
Yeah. I know? say that oh, with, yeah. with respect, obviously. Like, yeah, like totally. just, right. just the, the efforts they're putting out and the, the limits they're pushing just of the, the human bodies. We're so capable, right? Like, yeah. it's Well, and the cool thing about that, and honestly, it's the same as like racing the F, the BC Epic and sleeping for seven hours in four days. Like, it, it's the same it's the same part of you that you're trying to access that you like there's no amount of training that makes that comfortable at some point you're going to be really uncomfortable and wonder what the hell you're doing <laughs> and 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 that's that's yeah. kind of the appeal right is to get to that those spots in your own head and kind of see what happens because it's like in your regular day-to-day life like you can't you can't get to those places. No. So you need to go and put yourself in an extreme position to like really see. Yeah, Steve, like, do you have any bad moments on one of those races? Like that you want to talk about? Have I ever what? Sorry. Do you have any like real bad moments that you can now talk about? Like that you went through, like, you know, cause you must go through a lot of like, well, long moments in a long like, race like that. I just remember on the, the, like I said, I've, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a rookie. I, you know, I've got quite a bit of mountain biking experience. I've been biking forever. But the uh, the yeah. pushing your limits, like extending your your days as long as that. But on the uh, on the on the AR seven hundred, um, by the time I got to Spray Lakes, I was shattered. I was just shattered. One pushing too far, too hard, trying to cover too much ground before breaks. You know, I had this lofty goal of getting to Canmore. I mean, I was a rookie carrying way too much food, drank basically. I drank. People don't really think of this, but drank too much water, right? So completely diluted. I was drank too much. I was cramping, and I was, yeah. You can you can definitely drink too much water. I'm sure Tyler, you can speak to that because, wow. I think that's an issue wow. on the Tour de France, right? Like people getting a uh, what's it called hypo. Um, oh, what's it called? Yeah, anyway. I don't know. I don't really remember, recall people having problems like that. No, that's wild. Well, just you know, because you know not in the best shape and then pushing hard and sweating too much and, and not replacing electrolytes, you know, not and probably drinking too much at once. Yeah. And, and not eating enough and et cetera, et cetera. And when I got to spray lakes, I just remember walking a pitch that was like, I, why, why I was walking. I didn't really understand, but my, my mental place was so bad. And, um, I, I ended up scratching <clears throat> and, um, but yeah. the next day, like after I just kind of had a, a, a day of recovery and just kind of some, mental insight i went for a ride the next day so it's not like i was physically shattered i was mentally shattered and that's when i realized right it was it's more it's a more of a mental game so if you can just be in that in that mental place and i'm a bit of a self-experimenter as well like i i'm curious like i wanted to on the epic i rode for 26 and a half hours not i mean with breaks obviously but i didn't sleep for like 26 hours and i wanted to see if i could hallucinate I just wanted to see what that would be like. And it, I, it wasn't super trippy, but it was riding through the middle of the night. You did? I did, yeah. So I, I, I tripped a little bit, but I was like riding a double track in the middle of the night. And it, it seemed like I was going down a street and there was like windows and doors and people watching TV in their windows and whatnot. And I would turn to look and there was just trees, right? There was nothing there. And you just kind of laugh. Wow. And then you start to sleep ride, like kind of wow. drifting around. And, and when I started to sleep ride, I... I, I, yeah, I went to sleep after that for like three hours. Oh, good. Good. <clears throat> but good. yeah, the, the, the ass thing, yeah. I've never experienced that before. Like I, like it's like, I probably could have finished the BC Epic under four days if my butt didn't hurt the way it did. Like, like, you know, weeping, There's like I wore the skin off. I, I had lost some weight and my chamois oh. wasn't fitting very well. And, and, uh, yeah, oh. it just wore the, wore the skin off my ass. <laughs> 
It was bad, oh, man. man. It took two weeks to heal that. And I was wearing like, I had, had like gauze on my, on my cheeks there on either side of my, basically on either side of your taint, <laughs> right? Like right there. Yeah, it was gnarly. And so now, you know, I think one of the most important parts of, of bike packing is your interfaces, right? Your hands, your feet, and your ass. Those are so important. And uh, what I found is uh, I went to a leather saddle. I went to a cell anatomica saddle and ditched the chamois. And uh, I just wear merino wool underwear now. And I, you know, I did that on the lost elephant. I had no butt issues, none whatsoever. Mind you, I walked a lot because it's super punchy, but but I could sit in that saddle like for hours and hours and hours. Like that's, that's, but everyone's biologically different, uh, you know? So yeah. Tea tree oil works well for like when you're starting to get like sores down there. Yeah. Know? I had some it's of that. Tip for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was, yeah, tea tree oil helps. yeah. And I was putting but, that in my chamois. Dude, that can be the worst <laughs> though when you have problems there. Yeah. And then uh, actually I had, uh, uh, um, Peter, you'd know this pseudo cream, diaper cream, right? Yeah. So it's, yep. it's analgesic and antiseptic, but it's not very lubricating. So I, I was like, you know, and that set me back. It's like, Oh, I got to stop. And you drop your shorts in the trail and you're kind of like spreading that around. And then it's like the next hour is just trying to get used to the feeling and the, and the pain. And yeah, it's gnarly. <laughs> it's gnarly. These are the things that people don't think about though. Right. Like you just like, Oh yeah, I cycle from here to there or whatever. But like, man, it gets, there's, there's a lot yeah. of, technical difficulties right same with ultra running i mean like taking care of your feet right oh, and if yeah. you're cycling it's taking care of your undercarriage usually yeah yeah and um what else was i gonna say about that i think and that's where i think the experience comes from it's like it's not necessarily you don't need to go out i don't think and do like 500k a week you know I think if you're in decent, like training. I, my training was like i tried to get two rides in a week and one i was trying to get 50 to 100k fully loaded and then my other ride would be a single speed rip just single track and and that's that's super um it really works your core and your arms and your legs and i was running a pretty tall gear so so it's it that's my weight training for lack of a better word and then then the longer ride is more like the you know learning how to to eat on the bike and you know how to use your equipment and filter water and and yeah take care of your feet and your ass and stuff like that and then yeah. you, you and then no, and I'd ride do some uh yeah I'd do some like ex, kind of middle of the night rides or like early in the morning rides just to get your body used to being a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Like or do just do a quick yeah. overnight or like just ride 50k out and sleep yeah. for 2 hours yeah. and get up there and go, go home, you know? Like it's just all experience I think more than anything. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But for sure. so Tyler um, I like that way that French guy trains. He's just a biker. <laughs> he just rides his bike all the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah. so Tyler, you did the, did you do the entire tour divide a couple of years back? Was it last year? Oh, no, no, no. I just rode from, um, where was that? From Banff to, to Montana. Oh, fair so, enough. No, just the first, like, yeah, yeah. Just for the first day for you guys. And was it's that kind of your, your big, your first big ride? <laughs> like, that, no, you know, uh, I know you've ridden bigger yeah. rides than that. Honest, yeah. No, no, no. But I, um, yeah. Um, and just before, luckily I ran into Ryan and Sarah and they gave me a, like, honestly, I thought the route would have like signs along it the uh, whole way and I could just follow the signage. So I didn't even have a map. Uh, <laughs> didn't have GPS. Uh, you made it though. <laughs> luckily I ran into Ryan and Sarah and they brought some maps to me and, uh, yeah, it was great. Got started in Vance and worked my way down to, to Missoula, Montana, where I live. 
awesome. uh, and it was just awesome. It was awesome. Are you, yeah. Do you have a plan of doing any racing like that? Whether the Tour Divide or the you know, I don't. Or... I just enjoy. I mean, I enjoy. I don't know. I you know, I've, I've done. I've done a lot of bike racing in my time. So yeah, I, I just it. enjoy the getting out and enjoying cycling for something totally different. You know, you know what I mean, I used to. My whole life was all about like being better than somebody else, faster, right. stronger, all yeah. that. Like, I just enjoy it for just being out in nature, and I, I like the looking around part, stopping and taking pictures, and not feeling stressed about. Totally. You know, I mean, I still like doing big long days, you know, for sure. But I don't like to be like super pressed on time. I mean, hope maybe it'll change someday, but I, I don't know. I'm just enjoying the uh, yeah. I'm a bike tourist. Yeah, you know, yeah. you should, you guys should try. You guys should do the BC Epic. Don't like, don't race it. Just don't race yeah. it. Just show up at the Grand Depart because it's Ride so it. fun. Like the vibe at the starts yeah. of these races are yeah. so fun. And uh, yeah, just really? just start at the back. Like on the Epic, I started at the very back and rode with some friends, and then just found my own pace. And then you know, you just kind of find your your way in the pack, right? But uh, cruise along. Yeah, you could totally do it in like whatever five or six days. Just super cash yeah but then you're in a race if you have a number it's like ah might as well race it oh you don't have a number <laughs> oh, though i'll go may i'll come cheer you on halfway <laughs> yeah. that's the distinguishing yeah. factor as soon as there's a clock and a number then you got a hammer oh uh, yeah i mean i'm an athlete like you know I was yeah. born uh, right so it's a trigger you know, for you, you can't shake that you gotta take the number off that's funny or whatever maybe that'd be a good test for me a good test well, it'd be a good learning experience, right? Just to say, okay, I got. Yeah, turn can it. I relax? Can I turn it off? Yeah, totally. You could. It's super yeah. chill. It's fun. And you no, I can. I can. I get can. to talk to everybody and eat crappy food and sleep in ditches yeah. and stuff. It's fun. Um, so, what, what's your next race, Steve? <laughs> next year, I'd I'd really like to try to do two if I can fit it in. I'd like to do the epic right. again. I'd like to kind of try that with with my new setup just to see if I can knock a few hours off. And then um, I yeah. like to do the AR, the Alberta Rocky 700 next year too, because it looked amazing. The pictures looked amazing. Great. Where does that go? <clears throat> that that basically it's a big figure eight. I think it's a figure eight or a, a figure eight looking route. It basically leaves Canmore all the way down the flathead, and then it kind of comes back. I don't. I'm not super oh, wow. familiar with the route. the The old Alberta Rocky 700 went from Coleman to Hinton. Um. But Jonathan Hayward, he's the the creator of that. He changed that because um, just the logistics of an A to B is is a bit more difficult than like the tour divide, right? Well, you got to get home, you got to find a way to get to an airport. So this is like a big loop. And uh, you, you know what, Steve? I didn't even know that they had changed that. I thought it was still a point to point. Yeah, no, they. Uh, he, that was the the first time. Yeah, the first one just this past summer. Yeah, it was the new route. And uh, oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, because like all of these things are appealing to me, and then when I start to put place them in the context of real life, I'm like, oh shit, you know, like like a loop is way easier because oh, you don't sure. you don't see people getting you, and there's like you're responsible for yourself. Just get there, go ride, get home, right? Yeah, like I think it. How much did it cost me to get to Merritt? I think it cost like a hundred bucks. We kind of rented a like a party bus. And uh, a bunch of us went, I, I met them in Golden and we went over to Merritt together, but you know, and then, you know, Fernie's only, you know, an hour and a half away from where I live in Invermere. So it's, you know, that was my wife just could come and get me. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's logistically more difficult for sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm totally. hoping to do that. And then the year after that, I think I'd, 
I don't know if I'll, I don't know. This is like huge. Maybe I'm being too eager, but I'd like to do the tour divide because I turned 50 in 2021. I think you should. Yeah. I'd really like to. Yeah. Yeah. That was my next question actually. So I think you should do it. Well, then I'm going to do it. (laughs) If I can, if I can make it work and get a month, like I'd, I'd want to take a month off work, you know, and, and, uh, just some of the stories like the podcast I just put out with, um, Bob Almack and Liz, uh, Henderson, um, they're in their sixties and they wrote it and then just the experience they had and the people they met and the, and the, yeah, just the self growth. I think you could have on a route like that being by, for sure. being by yourself for so long. Um, that's the way I'd want to do it. I think I would just want to be alone. Just would you of, race it? I think I would, I would ride it rapidly. Yeah. I would ride it as kind of quickly as I comfortably could. <laughs> Ride it rapidly. I like that. I like it. I like that. I'm not racing it, but I'm going to ride it rapidly. rapidly. Yeah, maybe that's what I should do. Yeah, I don't know. Like, just (laughs) try to stay in the saddle. Like, try to do long days and and probably sleep more. Like, at least get. I think I'd probably try to get like more like five or six hours sleep on something like that. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, I probably wouldn't ride into the night as much. You know, ride into the dark and then sleep and then get up. You know, at uh, at dawn and or before dawn, maybe an hour before dawn and start riding and then just do it all day. I don't know. I have no idea how I approach Yeah, that'd it. be cool. I think you should do it. You're turning the big 5-0. Five five like it. like it. It'd be good if I could get to Antelope Wells. Yeah. June 30th is my birthday. So, if you know, it usually starts with the first week. So, you know, oh, yeah. it could be there in New Mexico when I turn 50. It'd be kind of fun. Oh, I- you know, it's pretty perfect. Sounds, perfect. Sounds like it's meant to be. Yeah, it'd be like a good story to tell, I think, tell the kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so tell me. Um, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, so what happened this uh, summer? So there was a big snowstorm on that pass, right? And then, so what happened? It's like, who ended up who ended up winning? Oh, man, it was um, Chris Setstrip. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Chris Setstrip. And he okay. has, um, he was riding for, uh, I think a group that, um, um, it's something about hemophilia. I forget what group he is. I can look it up right here. Actually. He, he, and he's a hemophiliac. Yeah. Which, which is, is crazy, right? It, it's a particularly, I mean, it's an unnerving thing to do, even if you don't have a chronic illness or something like that. So to be that wow. far from... <clears throat> Civilization at a lot of points. I mean, if he, you know, if he had a wreck or something like that, like it's, he's a pretty cool guy. That's a, that's a neat story, I think. Yeah, and that guy was always smiling. Good for him. Every picture I saw of that guy, he just had a big grin mm-hmm. on his face, and he was just having such a good time. Um, and a rookie. Yeah, and a, and a rookie. Uh, and a rookie too. Great, awesome. Yeah, and then the actually the awesome. guy the guy the year before was um, Brian Lacido. And uh, I believe he has, I don't know my diabetes types, but he was a diabetic. So he had to balance. Yeah. And he had, he was, I think he had a program of how many carbohydrates he was supposed to take in every hour to, you know, to balance things out. And and so he had to really watch his diet. I think when he was uh, doing that. Um, Wow. Wow. But yeah. So yeah, tons of people scratched at uh, Brush Mountain Lodge. So that was like right before the pass where people got, where it just, it snowed so much and, and people are just like, you know, like Leo Wilcox, you know, she, she took a, she took a real hit online too about her scratching. And, um, 
you know, she was going for the win, right? Just like, um, um, just like Sofiane, right? They were both, they both had a goal in mind and, uh, Sofiane wanted, he was chasing Mike Hall's record and then, um, he, he, he lost it and he was just like, nah, I'm just going to save myself for the next races I want to do. And Lael is kind of the same thing. She was, she's a beast. And so she got to Brush Mountain and same thing. She's like, well, you know, my goals, I've, I've, I can't attain my goals anymore because of the snow in the past. And she was just like, you know, I'll just, you know, I'll save myself for the next races I have. And people were so negative about that. And it's just really a shame and about the movie and stuff like that. I didn't want to go back to the tourified negativity, but, um, Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's a great, well, great. Race. I think it's just an awesome event. People should just do what they want. Yeah, yeah. Be okay with it, right? Totally. And yeah, went, yeah. Exactly. It's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. I I got to watch the whatever what they call the Grand Depart. Yeah. I think a couple was that P was that a couple of years ago? Yeah, that was uh, two years ago. Yeah, and it was yeah. cool. All different like ages and abilities, all different setups. It was cool to see all the different bikes. It was yeah. super cool to, to look at that. And people just, it's so crazy to look at them and think like, even if you're like a rocket, you're going to be out there for pushing, you know, somewhere between two and a half and three weeks. If you're amazing. Yeah. And if you're a normal human being, you're going to be like, you know, a month plus. And, and they're, and they're just about to take off or like with all of their worldly possessions for the next, for the foreseeable future is pretty, pretty crazy to think about. It's beautiful. It sounds beautiful to me. <laughs> I just, it is. It yeah, is. just that self-reliance and that freedom and that, uh, autonomy and, and, um, yeah, just the, the testing your limits and stuff like, yeah, it's right up my alley. I, I, I can't wait to take a run at it. Oh, now I gotta, now I'm thinking about yeah. it really hard. <laughs> I oh yeah. Out. And Ryan would be so proud. Ryan would be so proud. So yeah. Right. You know, I, I only met, I only met Ryan uh, a couple times and, um, I think he was probably okay. one, of, one of the most impactful people I think I've ever met to be honest. Yeah. It's, uh, how'd you meet him? I met him on the Alberta Rocky 700, uh, at, uh, no that rebound cycle. He, he was, um, he and Sarah and, uh, God, who else was there? I think Tim was there and I was Megan there and, there's a bunch of people there, but I, I met Ryan and Sarah. That was my first time meeting them. And then, um, after that, then I met him at the summit and then by then he was, he was pretty sick. So, uh, I never really saw him. I never, I met him in, in, at his best and at his kind of worst. So it was, uh, it's very heartbreaking, right. To, yeah. to see someone yeah. suffer like that. And especially someone who, you know, we all say that, so, Oh, that person doesn't deserve it. But you know, the way he was so athletic and, you know, ate well and, and just, re he was, took care of his machine and, and he still succumbed sure. to, uh, yeah. to cancer. So it's, it's really quite sad. And I've become quite, I think quite close yeah. to Sarah now and, you know, helping on the podcast and, and, and I, I really want to see bike pack Canada grow and I want to carry on that. I want to carry on Ryan's legacy, right? Like he started something and, and, uh, I just want to keep it growing. So that's all we can do. Right. Is, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. keep moving forward. Right. That's awesome, Steve. Oh, Thank thanks. you. Oh, Thank you. It's my pleasure. And like, yeah. I get to talk to people like you, like just, and it's every conversation's a bit different. It's so interesting. Like it's, we talk about the same stuff, but everyone has a different lens on it. So it's, it's really interesting to, to talk to all these different people. And, and then now you guys, right. so you guys have started a, a podcast. How many episodes do you have now? We're, we're two in. 
Yeah, so we're, 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 we'll yeah. have you Total on new, newbies, rookies. Yeah. 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 But it's just fun. It's just kind of fun to have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and w- uh, what do you focus on? What's your, what's your main focus? Like, do you, do you focus on a particular sport or just adventure sports? You know, we talk a lot about that to begin with, obviously, because of Tyler's background. Um, well, in my, even mine to a lesser degree, cycling was a, the most obvious kind of thing to land on. But we didn't want to just limit it to that because we were both interested in, in just the outdoors and endurance sports and all kinds of adventures. So we didn't want to make it totally cycling centric, although there's going to be a lot of conversations about cycling on it for sure. Uh, but we wanted to be able to, like, if we had an opportunity to talk to somebody who was doing really cool things in the running community or adventure racing or something like that, we didn't want to preclude those conversations. So I would say that it's very much about cycling, outdoor adventures, endurance sports, um, and then just sort of life in general, like, Tyler and I are, I think we're really similar guys and we have kind of hippie-ish leanings and, <laughs> uh, and, and we're just interested in getting to know people too. So we don't, we don't, I'm sure we'll have talks about gear and, and maybe some training data and stuff like that. Like Tyler's got a coaching business, so he understands all of that world, but we, it's not, if you want to listen to people talk about really hardcore training data and what kind of wattage you should be pushing in your, in your you know, basement workouts and stuff like that. That's probably not what we're, <laughs> we're about. You <laughs> there's know, a lot, there's enough of that on the, like, on the net. Yeah. There's, there's enough of that happening already. And, and there's people who are doing that at a really high level. If that's what you're looking for, we're, we're more about like human connections and adventures and those sort of experiences that, that kind of make it, you know, it's a whole point of being here in the first place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's awesome. There needs to be more. And I, I like the content, right. That's, I think there's a lot of people who, who like the content because it it's inspiring, right? You, you may not know if, if you're even capable of doing these things. And then you talk to these other people that have kind of overcome the same adversity as everybody else. And then they go and do these, these events, whether it be running or cycling or whatever. And it's inspiring. It gets people jazzed, right? Totally. Super yeah. inspiring. Super inspiring. Yeah. It's great. Good to hear all these stories. Yeah, I listened to a bunch of yours today, and, and I was listening to a bunch of your podcasts today on one and a half speed. Didn't realize it was on one and a half speed. And um, oh yeah, yeah. So I thought you spoke a lot faster. Yeah, <laughs> just kind of fun. You were like, "Whoa, you guys do great." Well, a sports psychologist. You spoke to a sports psychologist who was great. Yeah. Did you like that one? Yeah, I liked it a lot. It's a really cool cool information that I didn't really know about. Did, did that, any uh, of that resonate uh, to you as an athlete? Like a, as a, you know, a, a, a prior like high end athlete, did any of that thing, the stuff about motivation kind of, yeah, you yeah. know, we had, yeah. I mean, I wish, I wish we had access to sports psychologists back then. We didn't, we didn't, none of the teams that I worked with had them. I think they would have been really effective for sure. For yeah. sure. Uh, but yeah, really good guy. Very smart. Um, you should listen i'm gonna go back and listen to that one yeah i'm gonna i'd like to have him on i'd like to have like some regular people that come back on and talk about things that are interesting like um i'd like to get someone on to talk about sleep like to get really deep on sleep like matthew i would never get matthew walker he's been on the joe rogan show i'll never get him (laughs) 
<laughs> but you never know. Yeah, I, I listened to him on Joe Rogan though, man, and it was like it blew my mind. I, I had no idea. Yeah. And so many of us don't get enough, near enough sleep, right? And or not even we don't even get near enough quality sleep, right? Um, we're so jacked on caffeine and stuff like that. We're not we're not even getting good sleep. You know, so yeah. Yeah. so important. And you know that as a parent, like how much of an a-hole oh you can become when you only get two hours sleep. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah. It's Completely. Horrible. Yeah. It's uh, horrible. But so, so um, you have two in the can and then do you guys like keep a list of guests that you want to engage or? We do. Yeah, I do. I mean, we're, we're, we're low tech. I have a list of, uh, list of people that we have discussed chatting with uh, so far that we've engaged, but we're just trying to set up times. And then I've kind of got like a, like a wish list, um, and it's uh, in my the notes section of my iPhone. So it's uh, it's low tech, but we're you know we're keeping track, and we've reached out to some people, and we have some some people with some profile kind of lined up to chat to, which are which is really exciting, and then some people without without much of a profile, but that I think that are worth talking to, and we'll chat with those people too. We're not about you know, we're, we're, we're not trying to chase an audience or sponsorship or anything like that. Like if those things come, then that's awesome. But we want it, it to really come from an authentic place where we're having fun with it. And, and we think that those, those things can come with growth if, if we're doing it for the right reasons and kind of in the right way. Yeah. And the growth can be, you know, I think growth can be slow, like, you know, and yeah. give you time to kind of, hone your craft because it, it's a craft like uh putting together it conversations is. and and uh i used to put a lot of energy into into writing down the questions i want to ask and, and stuff and i've kind of slacked off on that i might have some key key things like i'm totally unprepared for this conversation like completely but i just figured out <laughs> you know good. three people good. just sitting down chatting about stuff right and there's always something interesting so i find something interesting always comes out no, you know, that's, that's I think that's kind of how we feel too. Is that there? There are a lot of very specifically interview-based podcasts that I'm sure are really good, but those aren't necessarily the ones that I love to listen to. I love to I, I love to feel like I'm sitting in on a conversation with people, and that's kind of what we're going for, right? And it seems like you are too. Yeah, just people sitting down having a beer and and chatting, right? I, I did one with a couple of guys just sitting on our deck and I just had my recorder kind of in the space. I haven't really listened to it yet, but just, but just sitting down and just shooting the shit, right. Just seeing where it goes. And then also taking, like taking time and really unpacking stuff, right. Like um, really unpacking ideas. And that's the problem I, I don't like about interviews. It's just like, you know, question answer. And there's no, there's no room to, to really go deep on stuff, which I think is important. Yeah, that's great. Um, so who's your next guest? Who's your next guest going to be? Actually, we're interviewing Christopher McDougall tomorrow. Cool. Uh, so so Chris McDougall wrote uh, Born to Run. Oh, yeah. Which I've was, seen that on Audible. Yeah, which is a really popular book. And um, sort of it's been held responsible for sparking the barefoot running and minimalist uh. running craze. And, and really turning a lot of people's attention toward the ultra running community, including mine, because I, I had run a marathon and I thought that, that was like something. And then I wrote, I read Born to Run and I was like, 
man, people run two, three, four, five times that far, like on trails and over crazy elevations and stuff like that. And it really, it really sort of blew my mind. It's probably my favorite nonfiction book, maybe ever. Uh, and then he subsequently wrote another book called The Natural Born Heroes, which is about the German occupation in World War II on the island of Crete in Greece. But it, it's interweaving that story with the story of how they, how these, these Cretan people were able to, it was, a, it was a basically like a guerrilla resistance, right? It wasn't, they weren't military, they were civilians and how they were biologically and physiologically able to, to do that. And it, I'm not doing it justice. You really need to read it, but, but Chris is a really, really cool author and we're, uh, we're pretty excited to chat with him. He's got a new book out now called running with Sherman, which is about him befriending a donkey, which <laughs> sounds crazy. And then they, they ended up running a, a donkey human, like a burrow race in Leadville, Colorado, which is like 80 something years old. Um, by, by having this relationship with this animal. So I'm really interested to hear how, you know, I said to Tyler, like, I just even want to ask him, like, how, at what point during this journey with this donkey did you think this was like a book? Right. Kind of, kind of crazy to think about how that came, came about, but we're, we're actually doing that tomorrow. So that's pretty exciting. And then we've got some other people we'd like to speak to. I know that, um, like Tyler has a, a head coach at his training company. His name's Jim Capra, who's an awesome guy. And I think that we'd like to have Jim on sometimes when we want to geek out about training. Yeah, for sure. So we'll do that. We'll do that occasionally. We'd love to have you on. And then we've got some other people sort of lined up too. So we're going to try and get something out. I think every couple of weeks we'll probably try and get an episode out. Nice. Yeah, Steve, don't hold out on us. What do you mean? Yeah, no, you're you are now on my list in the iPhone. Oh. <laughs> so Got to happen now. Yeah, like I said at the beginning, I wasn't sure. Uh, we hadn't really talked about if if this conversation was going to be like your podcast or my podcast. I was like, oh, is this going to work? I don't even know. So that's why I, I didn't really prepare. Yeah. I wasn't sure, but. Um, yeah, I haven't really been uh, asked a lot of questions. Really, I haven't been interviewed yet, or or been on a podcast yet. So it'll be interesting to to wax lyrical about what experience, little experience I have. See if it will inspire anybody. <laughs> well, we'd love to have you, and we'd love to dig into some of the stories of of the trail, right? Oh, some yeah. of your future plans for both the podcast and your and your racing and for Bike Pack Canada and all that stuff. We'd nice. love to. Oh yeah, I'd, uh, we'll do it for sure. Um, yeah. So what else do you guys want to talk about? Fat biking. So, sounds like you have a fat bike. Do you fat bike? Tyler? You uh, fat I don't, bike? it's on my wish list. Dude, it's just get it. <laughs> just get one. They're so fun. They're so goofy, right? They're so fun. Totally. It's like being, a, it's like being a little kid again. You're just playing. You are? Do they have a good uh, trail system out there? Yeah. So when, I started fat biking you only about five years ago. Yeah. In Invermere. Yeah. It's, it's really wow. good. So at first there, there wasn't really a lot of, uh, I mean, we would just go and ride mountain bike trail. Right. And oftentimes you'd, you'd be, yeah. you know, cutting tracks, you know, fresh tracks through snow or dragging your bike through the snow or whatever. But as time went on now, there's more cyclists doing it in the winter. So now the trails are getting packed down, uh, quicker and being maintained. But then also, uh, was it not last year, but the year before the bike club, uh, did a GoFundMe and raised enough money to buy a snow dog. Do you know what those are? Mm-hmm. So no. a, snow, a snow dog is like, a <clears throat> imagine a, a shopping cart 
with a, a, an engine in it and it's got a snowmobile track and um, you, you basically it's a tow like it'll tow something so then you build a, a groomer or a toboggan or a wagon uh, hunters use them to drag stuff into the woods and so they okay yeah. yeah so they build these groomers these heavy steel groomers and then they tow it behind the snow dog and suddenly you've got a three foot wide um, groomed fat bike trail so um, wow. and you've heard of Nipica Mountain Resort just up uh, up in Kootenai Park have you heard of Nipica yeah yeah so um, they oh god that's a handful of years now they they started grooming uh, fat bike trails so they have well over 30 kilometers of, of fat bike trail up there and then they have they have a race wow the um, Cross River Ripper which I went in the last couple of years which is pretty fun um, but yeah so so the so now uh, all through the valley there's groomed fat bike trails so now we got a mix there's like snowshoe pack and fat bike pack and groomers and and uh so there's tons of riding there's yeah i could i could ride a different place all week in the winter and wow lucky you and we don't really get a a, a ton of snow here um we're on this side of the rockies we we generally don't get a ton so um it's a bit more um, i guess doable we don't get snowed in as quick um but what a great way to train i mean quote unquote train is that, you know, you're not taking any time off right, the bike. Right. So when I started fat biking, I'd go into spring and I couldn't ride with anyone because no one, not many people had half, uh, had fat bikes and they were just so out of shape in the spring. And then, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that out of any vanity, yeah, yeah. but it's just like, well, I've been pushing around this yeah, pig yeah. of a bike, like this bike with four inch knobby tires through the snow, which is not easy. And uh, yeah, it is, it is yeah. a legit workout. Like, oh man! And there's no co- there's no coasting. Like, if you stop pedaling, you stop. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> it's uh, it's just a blast. And it's yeah, it's it's tough. It's hard. Oh man! Yeah, fat bike is super fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Super fun. Sounds like it. Sounds like it. Yeah, I mean, I've tried it a few times. It's um, it's a hoot. Well, you have to come up. Yeah, yeah, come up to Nipica and then uh, come up to Nipica and let me know if if you guys are coming up, and I'll try to meet you out there. We can we can go for a rep. It's super fun, or even in Invermere. God, like the, the riding here is is just as good. Yeah, and you can go for for quite a ways too. Like lots of lots of trail here. That's awesome. I mean, pretty good cycling scene there. Yeah, it is really good. Um, um, and you know because I think um, we don't get a lot of snow. And then, um, so our springs come really early and then we get, we get an influx of people from Calgary, Camor, Banff that, that come here to, to ride, um, early season. So yeah. it's a good place to come, come early season to, to ride. And yeah, tons, yeah you, you guys, you'd be typically like four to six weeks ahead of us in terms of like riding single track and stuff. For sure. Yeah. I would say for sure. Yeah. Like we're a couple oh, of years ago. That. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh no, go ahead. Sorry. I apologize. Oh no, it's my I was gonna say a couple of years ago we were riding dirt in February. Like I remember like not wow. full on dirt, but you know, crust and, and dirt. And uh yeah, so the trails clear up pretty fast here. So yeah. What about down? I just thought of somebody you can interview. Oh me? Who? Yeah. Uh Axel Merckx. Axel. Oh, I know Axel. For sure. And he lives uh let's see. Where does he live, Pete? Um I think he lives in Kelowna. His grandfather was in yeah, Kelowna. But I think he yeah, might yeah. actually live in Kelowna because he married a Canadian girl, right? Yep, yep, yep. Um, 
It'd be great. Okay. It'd be great. I'm sure. Duly noted. I'm sure he'd come on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. do that. Sure. Man. Good guy. Good guy. Cool. I, I mean, I wish I could do more face-to-face, uh, like same room conversations. It's so, it's so difficult to, uh, to get people together. There's so many awesome, interesting people to talk to, but everyone's so far apart. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. It's tough. So well, next time we'll do it face to face next time. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. We'll have to meet, maybe meet in, uh, in Canmore or something halfway or, or if you guys come here or whatever. Yeah. We or we'll, we'll come cheer you on for the tour divide. Oh yeah. We'll do a podcast. I'll just take right. a break. <laughs> we'll do it there. We'll, we'll do it there. <laughs> We'll do a podcast like 40 minutes before the grounds apart when your nerves You're going to be in race mode. You're going six days, no sleep. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just no, kidding. You guys, yeah, you guys really yeah. put that on your calendar. Really try to come out and do do one of these rides in the summer. And uh, you'll, you'll have a blast. It's super fun. That'd do you, be great. Have you guys That'd done any, um, like, do you winter camp? Uh, uh, with, I with, with the trailer. <laughs> you have. <laughs> I haven't in a while, but I like it. I have not in a while, but yeah, when I was a kid, I did a bunch. Yeah, I really want to do some to. winter bike uh, packing trips. Well, I I don't. I really want That'd to, cool. but I I feel like I'm a bit financially constrained to get really good gear right now. And uh, all the gear, yeah, the tent. It's expensive. All the tents and yeah, a lot of it's winter sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a tarp guy. Actually, I wouldn't um, get a tent. I'd probably sleep under my tarp, but it's more like the nice, like having a, I don't know, layering the right way. I don't know if you go back through the podcast, D- Doug Donlop and I had a chat. He's at cold bike on Instagram and he's a huge winter camper and he makes okay. his own gear and stuff. So I think he's going to, um, oh, really? I think he's going to come out here and pop my cherry for winter camping at some point. I think, nice. yeah, I'd nice. really like to get out there. The colder, the better. I just want to, you know, if you're prepared. Yeah, and I don't do think a podcast well. out, out there. Yeah. The batteries will probably die. This stupid little machine here probably oh, can't, really? can't take the minus 20. Well, maybe, I don't know. It'd be good though. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, I really want to get into winter camping. Um, that's great. It's a lot of fun. I mean, just, but the bike packing, whether it's winter, summer, or whenever. Yeah. It's a ton of fun. I think it's the, a good way to just, you know, decompress. Yeah. I think the you. winter time is a bit more risky though, right? Because, yeah, just a bit more risky. Like, you, you know, if, if you sweat, you know, if you get too wet, then, you know, yeah. you, you can get yourself. No, you just bring the right clothes. You bring yeah. the right, it's like, you know, yeah, as long as you have the right equipment, you'll be fine. Yeah. You know, it's not going to rain. Right. <laughs> don't need any rain gear. That's really bad in your thing, right? Lots of lots of puffy yeah. clothing, just lots of down. I think. Yeah, lots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, do you, you can overpack a little bit if you have to. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think too, you're, you're gonna be walking yeah. a bit more than usual anyway. You know, the the conditions could change, and you'd be walking. Yeah, for sure. Do you guys? Uh, for sure. Have you ever followed the uh, Iditarod Trail Invitational? I, I wouldn't say that I follow it like as it's happening. I've read about it. Read like recaps on like outside magazine and stuff like that. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. That's something that really interests me as well. But that's, yeah, that's, that's one that you definitely want to be prepared for. Because they, they do it with a whole bunch of different categories, right? Like you can bike it or you could run it or you can like, there's a whole bunch of different ways to complete the distance, right? Yes. Yeah. So there's, I think they go before the mushers. I think they go. I think so. Yeah. So they go before the mushers and, um, and yeah, there's, how, and there's, how far is it? 
Um, there's, I think there's three different ones. I think there's a 350 mile and then a 500 mile and then like a thousand mile. Um, but, but yeah, I did a podcast with RJ Sawyer and and he had done it. He, he had, um, put together a a short film called the thin white line, um, about the race. And then, and then he went back, I think either the next year or a handful of years later and he, and he did it. And uh, I think he's going to, I think he wants to do it again this year. So he's a guy to follow as well. But it sounds like uh, that's that's a, an adventure, man. Like, crazy. That's right up your alley. You're uh, there training in the, throughout the winter, so it's like I think you put that on your list too. Well, it it, it is kind of I need I need an invite if uh, someone wants to because it's an invitational, so someone needs to invite me. <laughs> uh, invite only? I think okay. so. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll. I think the way we'll it works work on that. is you need to, I think you need to complete. Do you have a highlight reel? We need to get a highlight reel or something. What of uh, a <laughs> highlight reel from what? Oh, it, it, I was just joking. Oh, about okay, all sorry. Your, I mean, your so, they, so they couldn't possibly deny you. Oh man. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, have to, I have to put in an audio resume. I think you have to complete like two or three events like winter ultra events before you can enter that event. Okay. And and it costs a lot of money too, I think it's not free. actually, I'm, I'm sure that you're right. I think I remember reading that, that they, they really want to know your credentials as an endurance athlete, but particularly in handling winter yeah. because they don't want you to go, you know, they, they don't want anybody showing up and getting themselves killed basically. No. Yeah. That makes sense. <clears throat> that makes sense. Yeah, and I think extraction is pretty expensive. So if you decide to scratch, you know, you're going to pay for a bush plane to come and get you. So you know the, yeah, there's there's a there's a lot to think about on a on a race like that. Um, sure, but yeah, it's sure. I'm definitely interested. I'm inter- interested in these things. Yeah, it'd be fun to to push limits like that. I think. And then, uh, yeah, the That's weather. Awesome. You never know. You That's never awesome. know what kind of weather you're going to get out there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for you. Good for you, Pete. You're up next. I feel like I've been talking oh, more about next. myself than you know, I should ask. <laughs> asking more questions. That's good. Yeah, we're, we're interviewing you. Yeah, Pete. You, I think you should do one of those this summer. One of those uh, local events. I think I'm going to try and do something local for sure, and uh, you know, get uncomfortable and and get racing. I'm as far as the racing scene's concerned this year. I think it, it might be a run. It might be. That's kind of been what's been a little bit more on my mind this year, and, and definitely some some bike trips for sure, and get some, some epic cycles in, but probably not in a racing environment. But I might uh, I might tackle like a junior scale ultra marathon, like a fifty k or something like that. What's the furthest, uh, the biggest event you've gone in for running? Um, I've run a I've run a marathon, but like a road marathon, you know, and 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 I probably ran that distance a couple times in training. Um, like, I don't know, maybe like three or four times. Yeah. Um, because if you, you know, if you're controlling your pace, like if you can physiologically run 30 K, you can run 40. It's about having the right amount of food in you and stuff like that at that point. Right. Um, that's going back a ways though. It's been a long time since I did that. And I've really just kind of recently taught. I, I would say that I was running for fitness for a lot of years there uh but not for not for like liking running um where i've really kind of seemed to have gotten that back a little bit recently and and the 
the concept of an ultra run has been really intriguing to me for a long time because they're they're all on trails, which is a completely different experience than road running. And it's just a you know it's a really cool community and just just different and, and fun and supportive. And it, I've really gotten back to just really loving being out in the woods, you know. And it's just completely different than road running. So and there's super something super kind of minimalist the, too about trail running right? yeah like super yeah. minimalist you just need a pair of shoes and maybe a couple liquid bottles but totally know. we just want one foot in front of another and and you just get to be in the forest and it's so much different um so yeah i don't know i just i've kind of got the bug back in that but when you said that you hate running like i i get that like this is the, like i i follow david goggins on instagram <laughs> yeah. david goggins i absolutely it's just a, <laughs> just, a, just a complete maniac and you know, he always says that he hates running, which sounds like just bravado, but I think he, I think he means it. And I kind of get it because like nobody really likes running. It's inherently uncomfortable. Um, it's not the running necessarily that you love, but it's the, you know, just the sort of reward of I guess, finishing it and just kind of getting through it. And it's just such a biologically normal and simple thing for us to do. And we, we really are built for it. So that's kind of on my that's kind of on my radar to do something like that, but but certainly there there will definitely be some big rides in my spring and summer because there there always is, and I I like to think that doing long runs sort of complement that too. I think it's really good for your body as well. I find that I don't really do anything else other than ride a bike, and I find that my body is so um, inflexible. You know, yep. I, I'm I'm just tuned <laughs> into this one plane of movement. And, uh, I need, my hips are so stiff and yeah, uh, yoga, you, try I, yoga. No, I got it. I used to, I used to do yoga way back in the day when I lived in Whistler and I just kind of lost discipline for it and I stopped doing it. But, um, yeah, it's I so good get back you. on that train. So good yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 As, and as much as I'm, I mean, I would say that I, you know, I'm, I just love cycling, but for my overall physiology, I do feel like it's important for me to, to do some running too. Yeah, it's good strengthening as well, right? Just strengthening your yeah. your joints and your bones and yeah, yeah, yeah your bones. I should start yeah, running. Do you run, sure. Tyler? I jog a little bit. Yeah, yeah. really slow running. Do you, do you recommend that uh, when you're coaching people to 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 run as well as you know? Is that some people sometimes in the off season it is it is good for your bones, makes your bones stronger. Sometimes uh, cycling, you know, not non weight bearing, so. Um, you know, your bones can weaken a little bit. So yeah, we encourage it sometimes in the off season a little bit or people really like to run. Yeah. Well, maybe once in a while they can do it a little bit. Nice. Uh, I like to do it. It's really efficient with your time, you know? Yeah. Here, here in Montana, you know, to, to go out just for a quick hour ride. I mean, it takes me a half hour just to get ready. It's true. You know? Yeah. Especially, the, especially this time. But of I mean, <laughs> I love it. I love it. But it, like, you got to be able to do two hours to be worth, getting all that stuff on so uh yeah but just jogging a little bit it's kind of nice just some the trails we have some great tons of trails around, around here in missoula beautiful or just run slowly up mountains well that's great they call that lsd yeah, right yeah. long slow distance there you go there yeah. you go yep 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 and uh yeah it's kind of a big trail running town lots of lots of trail runners here that's cool long distance ones yeah so uh good place to be but yeah great for cycling you know um, of course tons of trails tons of dirt roads and yeah 
So as a coach, the Great Divide Mountain Bike Group just yeah, goes goes right the, through it, right? The east, east, yeah, almost. Basically, there's a little spur that goes from like Ovando to Missoula, basically, or something like that. Nice, but it just misses Missoula. Yeah. So, as a coach, do you have any thoughts on uh, nutrition? Oh yeah, um, yeah. Um, like, what's I mean, your? What, do you have a plan? Kind of yeah. Uh, for each of our cyclists or athletes, I think in general, like, do you uh, do you like tune a like a, customize a, a nutrition plan based on the athlete? We don't or? really do that. You know, we're yeah. not nutritionists. We're just yeah, yeah we're coaches, and we, we recommend stuff to people. You know, lots of fruits, fruits and vegetables. You know, definitely watching your sugar intake, especially when you're not training that much. Like, it's easy to eat too much sugar. Sugar is not that good for you. No. So we try to have people be very just aware of it. You know, sometimes you can eat way more sugar than you think you're eating. Oh, sugar's in everything. Uh, it's in everything. It's yeah, in everything. It it's horrible. So yeah, read labels. You know, encourage people to read labels. You know, cut back on sugary drinks and all that. What do you personally yeah. do? Are you everything like, in uh, mo- everything in moderation? Right. Like, okay. You don't want to be too extreme. You don't. Right. You know, we don't like to. Be to uh you gotta enjoy life right so but yeah you can be disciplined but also have a little bit of um freedom as well yeah if that makes sense oh of course you know? but yeah you end up when you're a cyclist and you're riding a lot you eat a lot so you know, make sure you're you know, putting the right things in your body yeah a couple of years ago i kind of uh I, I cut all sugar it was before the epic actually and i i i went pretty keto just eating like oh, fat. Wow. I ate so much fat. Like I just ate so much fat, and I lost so much weight. And that, which is why I wore my ass out because my chamois didn't fit. I lost so much weight, <laughs> and I, I found. And I'm, I'm not a, I'm a, I'm a thick guy. Like I'm kind of like a, I'm not a skinny guy, you know. Pretty, yeah. pretty, you know, uh, a lot of mass, like muscle mass. I'm just kind of a chunky Irishman, I yeah. guess. But uh, I yeah. found, I found that my body became super fat adapted, and I. I could not eat for ever. Like I, it, I never really felt hungry on the Epic. I'd hit a town and I'd yeah. eat, but I, I wouldn't eat on the bike. I found it so inconvenient. Um, but uh, I found that a really interesting uh, self experiment was, was to just try to do that. Like cut, like no wheat, like, like no grains, no sugars. Um, like basically all I had in my frame bag, I'd carry like salami and cheese and nuts <laughs> And noon tabs. That's basically what I lived on. And oh, man. yeah, and it, it worked. It totally works, man, for me. And I don't know, maybe my arteries are clogged <laughs> with lipids right now. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder how healthy that is for you. Uh, well, yeah, and, and it's interesting. It's it, because the, the, uh, yeah. the, the results of being on a ketogenic diet and losing all this body fat would kind of almost speak to it being pretty good for you in a way and like cutting out all the refined yeah, right. sugar and the refined wheat, like flowers and all that crap. That's just in everything, you know, yeah. try to eat whole yeah. foods and just try not to eat out of boxes yeah. and bags and just, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I was kind of a big proponent of that, right. but then I made this big ass chocolate cake the other day and <laughs> for my wife <laughs> and just sat down. Oh, good. I love chocolate cake. Oh my God. Was I so love good. chocolate cake. So my good. favorite. So good. When I was a professional, I would dream of such chocolate cake because I couldn't eat it. You know. Oh, really? Were they pretty restrictive on your diet? We had to be. 
Oh, we were so we had to be so skinny. We had to be so skinny. I guess yeah, so. Hey. So, yeah, I dreamt of many chocolate cakes. Were you like underweight? For sure. Oh, pro- I mean, yeah, probably, yeah. I mean, yeah. just at an unnaturally lightweight for sure. But you know, but we're you're riding your bike really fast, going uphill super fast. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you know, kind of the way like marathon runners are a little bit like super disciplined about what you're eating. Your, you know, your weight was super important. You know, um, if you weren't super lean, you weren't professional, so you had to be lean. You know. And if you were carrying whatever five, ten extra pounds, like you're, they're going to pick somebody else to go, to go race the tour, right. whatever. So they were watching you. They were watching you for sure. And then, yeah, when you did, did show up to a training camp, you know, five, ten pounds too heavy, like, yeah, you got a near fall for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I don't miss those days at all. What was yeah. your, what was your, your favorite, like, what was your position on the team? <laughs> Tyler, like, you know, I know, I don't, I know a lot, a little bit about it. Like there's domestiques, right. And they're the guys who yeah. kind of. Yeah. In the early years, I was domest- like a domestique in the early years, you know, I was a young, you know, live out kid. So you kind of had to earn, earn your spot, so to speak. And yeah, I was low, low, low man on the totem pole and yeah, worked my way up through the, through the, through the ranks and yeah, eventually became like a, a GC guy, a general classification guy. Right. And yeah, then so that took time. Yeah, time. Then it's funny because those domestiques, like they're uh, they're animals, man. Right? Like they're animals, animals. And yeah, you just, couldn't do it without them. Like, right? Without, you know, they're the they're the unsung heroes, really. Yeah, they. I just remember watching the tour, and they'd they'd hang back. <laughs> they'd go back to the team car, and then they'd grab like ten pounds of liquid and food, and then. <laughs> catch up <laughs> to the team oh, again yeah. and hand all this food and drink out it's crazy like oh yeah and they're doing that all day all day yeah you know yeah yeah i found that really so, interesting uh but it was fun being a dog being a domestic was fun a little bit less pressure a big pressure but yet a little bit less you know you didn't necessarily have to be there in the end of a race typically you burned your matches beforehand right you did your job and you know and you you would just fall back at some point. Yeah, so at some point you would just fall back. Right. But you did your job, and the director's happy, and hopefully, the, hopefully, get your uh, rider into a good position. You call it a, a day and do it again the next day. But yeah, then uh, yeah, over the years, you know, I climb the ranks, and then all of a sudden they're doing that for you, and you know, then it's different. There's a little bit more pressure. You know, you got to perform at the by the at the end of the day, you got to be there. Like, right. You know, yeah, everybody's been working for you and, you know, the whole, it's a big stage race, like the Tour de France, you know, it's, you know, you have a whole team really dedicated to you. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you ever miss it's that? A when, kind of pressure. Yeah. yeah. When you, when you, when you were uh, bikepacking, I mean, did you kind of wish that there was a car coming up beside you to adjust your derailleur while you were kind of riding down? No, no, never, <laughs> never, never. <laughs> You got over that. Now, once in a while, you miss that little that feeling of being in the, the last, you know, five ten kilometers of a race, and you know, going for the win, you know, or missing some teammates that camaraderie. But you know, in general, I don't really miss it. It was, you know, it's a hard life, hard lifestyle, and you know, you're gone a lot. You know, most people only see like, okay, we see one, but watch one bikers a year. That's the Tour de France, but right. there's a lot. Well, you know, you're racing from February through October and 
you know, you're away from home all year long, all year long. Yeah, it'd be a hard life for sure. A home away from home. It's hard. I mean, it looks glamorous from the outside. It's hard. You have way more bad days than good days. Way more. Way more. Like bad, bad days, meaning just like tough days of training or just hard, hard. You know, you're right. You're out training a lot when you don't want to be tough conditions. You know, you don't, you don't always love biking. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, I think you were talking about it some one of your podcasts that I heard. Um, you know, once, you know, once, it might have been that that's a sports psychologist, but it's like once you start getting paid for something, mm. it's a little bit different, you know. Yeah, it's a little bit different. That was that. Uh, Can't say it's quite it's quite the same. Yeah, Can't it's that uh, intri- totally intrinsic versus extrinsic motivators, right? Like, that's, you know, if you if, yeah, that's and, great, and that's, that's where great. I was going to go. Actually, is like it must have been hard because you probably started as a cyclist, super passionate about cycling, but then it becomes your job, right? And then did did you lose a lot of yeah. passion for cycling after you you went? like really heavy professional. Yeah. I mean, I was still super passionate about it, but it was, it changed. It changed. It was a little less fun. It wasn't as fun for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I mean, the, yeah. Yeah. As soon as you start getting paid, it's that, that change, a, a certain element changes. And then, you know, but for me, it's all like, I think my favorite years were just climbing, was uh, just climbing the ranks, you know, kind of surprising people and proving people wrong. In those early years, I think for you know, when nobody nobody's expecting expecting you to be low, and you know, those were the kind of fun years. Yeah. Later, when it's just tons of pressure, and you're expected to win, expected to always be on the podium. You know, it's hard. It's hard, especially you know when things don't go right. Yeah, and that happens a lot. Yeah. But yeah, sport. It's sport. It's like you know, it's. Um, yeah, beautiful, but it's also, you know, at the professional level, it can be, uh, yeah, not so beautiful at times. Yeah, really. super intense. Man, I, I could and, sure and, say, sure, it would be nice to get a massage at the end of some of the bikepacking races I've done. Just lay down and just have yeah, someone no. work your thighs out. and <laughs> Totally. It would be totally. lovely. Yeah. But that's honestly, and that's why bikepacking is so great. Like after, you know, having a career of like yeah. massive pressure and all that, you know, they're like, and I, there were years where I didn't bike at all, at all. Like after I retired and you know, I wrote a crazy book about the, the truth. And yeah. There were years I didn't ride at all besides like a couple charity events here and there. But like, you know, and then what got me back into cycling is like bikepacking. You know, it's great. It's great. It's wonderful. Yeah, that's good. And it's um, like the, 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 the community vibe is so good too, right? Like, uh, so it's great. Yeah. It's great. Whether you go to a nice, race nice or, people. or like the summit, like you guys try to make a point of getting to the summit next year. Oh yeah. I'd love to go to the summit sometime. That'd be a lot of fun. It's so fun. And then, fun. Uh, yeah. And, and come out and do the overnighter. We go last, uh, last year was, uh, or just this last one, it was down to Kananaskas. You I'm know? definitely going to try to do that this this kind of year so i'd love yeah, to definitely come out and then obviously you know you love the podcast so you, you can come to the summit and talk about you know stories about the people you've met and stuff and share some perfect of that. right yeah talk to sarah about that awesome get you in there as a guest right so where can people find you guys uh peter what's what's your uh the easiest place people can find you online our podcast is called adventure audio uh and it's available on 
think essentially every podcasting platform that's popular out there, Spotify, Apple, uh, Anchor is uh, how we record it and release it. So Adventure Audio, uh, and you can, if you are interested in finding out new episodes and when that stuff comes out or show notes or anything like that, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Adventure Audio. That's us. Awesome. And awesome. Uh, what about you, Tyler? Where's the best player? Do you, do you, are you incognito online or are you pretty out there? Or what? I have social media. What an what IP. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you just answered my question. <laughs> I think on, uh, on Twitter. You know, I have it. I, yeah, I have Twitter Instagram. Yeah. Twitter, uh, Tyler Hamilton on Instagram. I think you're real Tyler Hamilton. Yeah. Real Tyler Hamilton. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm yeah. at. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. sounds right. Twitter, it's like at what, Ty underscore Hamilton, maybe. I think so, yeah. Hey, do you think yeah. sh- do you think show notes yeah. are a vital part of the podcasting platform? I don't do show That's notes. That's a good question. I'm I'm going to kind of get there. Um, I I intend to. I I don't think that we're going to have a website for a while because we can manage that stuff on social media and people can find out what they need. Yeah. Uh, but I'm intending to do some show notes in case people like when we have a guest and and somebody maybe wants to go and maybe look up something. But but you, maybe you make a good point because you can always just pause and, and scroll back and re-listen, right? It's not like a radio show, which is part of the beauty of the podcast, right? Yeah. I, so, have, I haven't yeah. been doing them, but I've been thinking about how it could be valuable. Just, you know, we talked about a couple books and we talked about a couple guests and, you know, you could put that in the show notes, you know, so people could yeah. find these people. Just no time, man. Like, where do we get the time to do that? Yeah. It is one more thing for sure. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, it was awesome talking to you. Super awesome talking to you tonight. Steve, our pleasure, man. Thank and, you for uh, having us. And we're, I'm going to reach out to you soon, and we'll we'll get you on ours. That'd be great. Sounds good. I look forward to that. Yeah, Steve, thank you for having us. Uh, keep up the good work. Yeah, it was fun listening to you today. Uh, um, I'm glad. Your, your podcast. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you're awesome. Well, I'm glad it's resonating with people, and we just want to carry on that legacy, right? So. So I appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to talk to us today. And uh, we'll be in touch. We'll be in touch and we'll start soon. Thank you, Steve. Thanks a lot, Steve. Yeah, thank you, guys. And then next time, let's try to to get the video thing sorted out. Yeah, we'll do it. Absolutely. I really wanted to see your faces. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Have a good night. Okay. Thanks, man. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Later. I want to thank Pete and Ty for the time again. I really hope you enjoyed the discussion. Um, you know, I go into these discussions fairly unprepared uh, a lot of the time, and uh, I kind of like to see where discussions will go, kind of a get to know you. And uh, it looks like uh, they had control of this podcast. <laughs> we're the ones asking all the questions. So I'm a bit embarrassed about that. But regardless, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, two great guys. I really enjoyed talking with them. Um, don't forget, head on over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, and throw a review in there. That'll really help Bikepack Canada uh, gain exposure, uh, and it'll help us grow. Again, we're trying to carry on Ryan Corey's legacy here, and uh, that is one way you can support Bikepack Canada and its goals for growth. So I appreciate your time, and I want to thank Rebound Cycle for their support. Uh, If you want to send me any uh, guest suggestions, feedback, or voice intros, you can do that by sending me an email to bikepackcanadapodcast at gmail.com. Well, that was the first podcast of 2020, and I hope you really enjoyed it. 
Uh, I've got another couple in the can that I'm just editing now. And uh, I really look forward to bringing you uh, Lamar Timmons, Guy Stewart. And uh, I have another guest lined up that we're going to uh, get out to you in a few weeks. So until next time, get out there, ride bikes, sleep in the woods, and keep the rubber side down.